Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed and this particular episode is one of our cues of the force questions of the force and force willing there will also be answers of the force i'm joseph scrimshaw i'm cat knapsack i don't have all the answers but the force does at least i hope so i lean on the force a lot (laughs) to give the answers i need you know that would be fun if sometimes we did like a, a joke version of questions of the force and our answers to every question would be like yoda just saying hmm I'll meditate on this. <laughs> Nothing yeah. else. It's, you know, and it's not a bad practice either to just sometimes take some time with your answers. Yeah, just say, yeah. I don't know. But I think today we'll probably have some some thoughts and some opinions, Ken, right? Uh, but before we uh, share those thoughts and opinions of the force, uh, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week we are recommending Mission to Disaster, the next High Republic adventure by Justina Ireland. We'll be diving into that soon. And if you want to give it a listen, you can download your free audiobook 
today by going to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for a free audio book. It's free and it helps us. And can we have an update on our other offer? An update on the, the other offer. We've been uh, uh, working with the fine folks at Inside Editions for a while now. We really love them. We love their books. We have them. We read them. Uh, we display them. Sometimes I just look at them from afar and then go up close, near, far, like I'm Grover <laughs> from Sesame Street. But Inside Editions is changing up their affiliate program. So the link we've been sharing with you all, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35, uh, no longer works. Uh, we or currently doesn't work. Uh, we still love this company. Like I said, we really do recommend the books. But we're going to let you know as soon as the new affiliate program is up and running. We've been talking to them uh, and looking forward to getting back up on that. Thanks to a few of our listeners who reached out and said, hey, I'm trying to use the link, but it's not. Uh, it helped us uh, find this information out. So we appreciate that. We'll keep updated on Inside Editions. Joseph. Yeah, and thanks again to everybody for just uh, wanting to use that link to help us out as well as check out the great book. So thank you all for that. Uh, with that info, Ken, let's dive into some questions. We got two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter uh, and we go to Oscar Film Forecast, which I know is a is a great uh, a descriptive uh, title, but I love imagining that's just somebody's name. What a great <laughs> name that would be. Uh, it, yeah, uh, it's like a good Muppet character almost. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, Oscar Film Forecast, the wonderful human behind that actual handle, uh, says this. Hey, guys, thanks as always for the amazing discussions, and I look forward to hearing uh, more from Jennifer Landa. My question is centered around that December 2023 untitled Star Wars film release date that is still set. We know it won't be Rogue Squadron or Taiki's film yet. And we are now three months into 2022. If a film were to hit this date, I think it would have to film soon. Do you something, think something will release at this point? If not, will the next Star Wars film not be until 2025 so it doesn't mess with the Avatar films? Thanks, guys. Uh, I should point out, as always, that sometimes it takes a little while uh, to get to these questions. Uh, so Oscar had said, we know it won't be Rogue Squadron. There's been conflicting reports now. There's been comport, uh, reports that Rogue Squadron uh, is on hiatus, uh, pause, uh, and there have been other more recent reports uh, that it is actually moving forward. So it is, you know, a Schrodinger's cat of Rogue Squadron. We don't know <laughs> uh, where it's at, but I think this uh, this question came in before that more recent reporting about maybe Rogue Squadron is going forward. So uh, with that in mind, Ken, what are you thinking about this uh, mysterious untitled mm -hmm. Star Wars film? Is it going to happen? What's it going to be? What are your thoughts? Uh, I have no inside track on this information, none at all, but I'm not expecting anything in 2023. Uh, look, pre-production, we're not we're not talking about pre-production, but production, I just don't think that's happening. But you still, I guess, you know, you could turn things around a lot quicker than you used to in the old days, right? So you could still shoot something this summer and have a year to get it all uh, ready and, 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 you know, make changes the weekend the film's coming out, whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it's still possible. I just, I just don't think anything. And, and maybe just, this is really just like a personal expectation of just making sure in my heart, I'm like not worried about anything in 2023. So 2025 might be it, which is crazy to think that'd be about six years after Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, um, and, and I think at the end of the day, because of this Disney plus era, I'm good with that. And if something pops up in 2023, great. But I'm now at the point in my fandom where I'd rather they wait, get something right, and then come out swinging when it's uh, time. You know? Yeah, I think that's my 
big picture opinion. We'll get into some of the the details mm-hmm. and the what ifs mm-hmm. and in questioning things. But I think also just big picture. I think you're so right to start there. What I want for the next Star Wars film is for it to be a big win for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the landscape of w- the way a successful film is going to be defined, particularly a Star Wars film, they really want it to go big, right? Uh, uh, Solo did fine <laughs> in terms of a, a movie it's just yeah. by the standard of a star wars movie and by the money uh, you know accrued from the reshoots uh it didn't do great but as a movie it, another movie that made that you know if if, mm. if <laughs> anyway uh it made a lot of money the point is you need star wars to be a big hit uh in terms of the box office analysis obviously i want it to be uh, a great great movie that as many fans as possible enjoy but i think that is really challenging for the for the films uh because star wars means so much in so many different things to the fandom that and the general public that there could be so many different expectations and now we're getting this nice thing with disney plus where yeah if people kind of don't like something you, you certainly hear about it but it's like okay we'll wait three months four months <laughs> yeah probably starting less then there'll be a new star wars for you to check out and it's not as make or break is the return of star wars to the theaters there's so much pressure on it that mm-hmm. i just want it to be a win and that's more important to me than when it comes out yeah uh look honestly there's it, it, this this is this whole situation is kind of a, a bummer to me i'll admit of like i'm not not having a movie even this year. And a lot of that was, you know, you could look at uh, different factors, including the pandemic, but 2023, um, if there's nothing, like I said, I will really, really be fine. I don't mind waiting, but there, I'm not going to lie. This the whole thing's a bummer. Uh, I, I remind myself often, and I even had some conversations this week, some friends of, uh, Hey, don't forget him. It took the MCU a little bit to get really up and running and start hitting home run after home run. Um, so I have no doubt that whatever is, quote unquote going on on the movie side of Star Wars can be righted or changed or made more bolder. I don't know. Uh, you talk about a win. I do want to win. Uh, it's impossible. It's impossible to make a movie that everyone loves, but it's, it, it's something I want. And as much as I love Rise of Skywalker, a, a hill I will die on about that movie, which I told some friends this week and, and, and they dropped their coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of having to feel I need to defend that. And you shouldn't have to defend anything, including whether you, don't like it, right? That's yeah. not what we're talking about. But as a Star Wars fan, as a Star Wars podcaster, I don't want to have to explain over and over again why I like Solo. Yeah. Um, that That's the part of it that it, it's a bummer for me. And I think everything changed from The Last Jedi, a movie we love here as well and celebrate. We celebrate all of them. We dig into all these movies without a doubt. But also, I got, I have to remind myself, Rogue One, despite the big box office and, and it, it being, I think, more loved as time goes on, mm-hmm. there's a lot of conversations around Rogue One about things that it didn't work and the reshoots, all the stuff going into it. So, yes, a big win all the way around. Whatever that win might be, um, I, I want that. And if it needs to, if we need to wait to get that win, I'm going to wait. Yeah, and it, and it might be that waiting even longer will get the hunger back for audiences, right, to, to want uh, an event, but then also at the same time, that does create even even more pressure, right? Of um, yes. exactly what kind of film it is. There's so much conversation right now uh, with movies, but also even with live theater of what is going to bring people out is not uh, small, intimate experiences and stories. It needs to be an event. 
to really bring people out. So that even kind of puts some pressure on what kind of story is it, you know? I, absolutely, I know. Uh, you know, even let's say it's Rogue Squadron. We we really don't know anything about Rogue Squadron, right? Someone's fooling you if they say they do. Um, could I? You know, is that too small, or is is a smaller, more focused Rogue One like story going to work? No, I'm not talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, but like something different. Uh, uh, and, and and or does it need to be Chapter One of the New Old Republic trilogy <laughs> yeah. that brings people back? I don't know that answer. I don't. We'll be there regardless. Or Mando and Grogu on the big screen. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of things it, it could be. I want to talk about some of the uh, the details of uh, Oscar Film Forecast. Great question. Mm. Um, yeah. I feel like uh, there is a possibility that it's still Rogue Squadron. There were those reports and rumors that an old Republic film is quietly being uh, developed. Uh, I, I still think that an old Republic a film might be the way to go because I think it is something that seems grand and big and it is familiar but different at the same time of have you ever seen hundreds of Jedi and hundreds of Sith fighting yeah. like I still think there is a, a power to that but I, I think uh, you mentioned this Ken and I really agree I think uh, if a movie is going to happen in 2023 some pre-production news has got to break soon director writer cast mm-hmm. announcement uh, confirmation that rogue squadron is firing on on all space cylinders mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, i think we're, if there's a possibility of the film hitting december 2023 we'll know by may either may mm-hmm. the 4th or star wars celebration i think if there's nothing in star wars celebration then i don't think it's happening in 2023 yeah, that's a great indication. So uh, there you go. More importance on getting those passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to ask you about this because you've had an, an uh, you've documented your long journey with uh, the volume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. The technology and it getting better and different. Um, you know, there's a big step forward where uh, uh, famously now uh, a, a, a crucial scene in the Batman uh, was made possible by the volume. Mm. Um, so it's making its way to the big screen. Uh, and I think that the tech is advancing all the time. Uh, do you think there is a possibility of using the, not, not only the volume, um, but the Star Wars teams, the designers, everybody involved, um, costume, everything, who've mm-hmm. kind of been, been building this factory of Disney Plus shows where they're having to turn around content mm-hmm. really, really fast. You read some of those art of books we we're talking about, like, yeah, we're making like content-wise just, minutes on screen we're making like three movies and half the time um do you think the whole production machinery from the teams the people the technology of the volume is going to allow a big budget star wars film to be made faster i absolutely think it will happen and and yes my relationship with the volume has has changed and ebbed and flowed and it's always been pretty positive especially from the technical side i i totally have been on board with that i just i just uh feel i was too too aware and that's it's gotten less and less aware. But then I always give the example and I know other people have tweeted that too of like, I'm not sure about the volume. I like it when they're on practical things like that Warner Herzog office. Oh, that was the volume. Damn it. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it works. And I think you're right, but it's, it's about the team, the time, the process, the cost. And if you go into that first season making of the, where the, they, they spent a lot of time and with several episodes to go to take you into the process, the stuff about the fight, coordination and how you, a lot of the pre-directing it's not just pre-visualization pre-visualization now a word I, my tongue doesn't want to say it all uh, if you listen long enough my tongue you know my tongue doesn't like certain words um 
I, 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 uh, I, I absolutely believe that's going to be in Star Wars films and the film industry. Whether or not, again, I, I still want to go. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with JJ. Uh, but Boyega, we're out here in the desert so I can get the sun on your eyes. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I want that. Um, but the, the technology is, is just going to obviously rapidly improve. And, and, and the time and the money is going to be a big factor that makes it go into the movies. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, final thing from from Oscar's uh, question is, uh, do you think Avatar is going to get moved around or is James Cameron going to be like, nope, <laughs> I don't care what's going on with your Star Wars. Uh, I, I have claimed these December dates. Uh, I don't know. You know, I have no Avatar jokes to make, folks. I, yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> indifferent to the franchise. And I actually overall really do like James Cameron, at least, uh, you know, um, as a filmmaker. I don't want to hang out with him personally, but... Uh, I, uh, I, I don't, th- I don't see that moving. So yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. I, uh, I have no strong opinion on that either. Uh, I can see, uh, Disney wanting to go like, yeah, no, we're going to shift you to, you know, a uh, uh, summer month. Uh, and I can mm-hmm. also see James Cameron saying no, very publicly. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that discussion. I think that'll be an interesting one. <laughs> if it happens at all. Great questions. Uh, Oscar Film Forecast, thank you very much. We're going to move on to our next question from uh, Ostensible Disciple. Mm. Uh, Ostensible says, uh, something I really love about this podcast is your insight as writers, creators. I would love it if you all could speak a little bit about your journey as artists. Did you ever feel like your career pursuits pulled you away from Star Wars fandom or did it bring you closer to it? I ask because I assume a lot of your listeners also aspire to be creators of some kind. And from my experience in art school, there was certainly an attitude that Star Wars was lowbrow and not to be discussed in an academic setting mm. unless to criticize slash condemn. Uh, thank you very much uh, for the nice compliments and the fun question, Ostensible. Uh, Ken, where do you go with this in your various uh, uh, careers? Um, everything from broadcasting to stand-up. Uh, mm. Do you feel like Star Wars has been something that has helped your career or do you feel like uh elements of your career have said "Ooh, stay away from the space movie that's less than <laughs> yeah no well, right now it, it is my career right <laughs> thank you star wars there's something to talk about it's been a long journey as as with you uh and the start of my journey as a, as a writer type because yeah you meant the radio the comedy and all that stuff was directly inspired by star wars and other 80s properties of course but it was branded a, a nerd thing during my teen years, as you experienced as well and so many mm-hmm. experienced, Joseph. But it wasn't until I got to my screenwriting and film production classes in college, which were the same classes I would duck out to get the power of the Force figures, mind you, uh, that I was <laughs> surrounded by people that didn't look down on Star Wars. It wasn't a nerd mm. thing. It wasn't to be made fun of. It was to be studied. And we actually studied the original trilogy in class. That was a great three weeks. Watched, <laughs> we watched each movie and. Everyone was excited. And I just remember feeling that energy of it wasn't like oh, me and my friends got a whisper in the corner of our math class anymore. So that was great. But the cycle for me repeats, uh, you know, in different aspects and including comedy. And you and I've talked often about it, but I, like I, I was censored a lot. I, w- I remember I pitched a sketch in my groundlings training days. It was a total nerd sketch. It was an action figure sketch and got some laughs. And, and my director was like, yeah, nah. Nerd stuff. I literally <laughs> said, nah, nerd stuff. Not going to work. Not going to put it in the show. Um, so it caused me to move away. Around the t- same time, I found myself being a little bit more inspired by a lot of the films that came out in 99, 2000. And as a writer, I was trying to, 
I was trying to write my Magnolia and American Beauty, not my Star Wars film, uh, that kind of mm. thing. So, but it, it is that it is the podcast days, and, and I'll, I'll end my uh, biopic here, Joseph, as a Magnolia. <laughs> but it is the Star Wars days. It is Jedi Lions. It is Force Center. Particularly last two three years, where you and I have really rolled up our sleeves, and and I followed you into the theme cave. <laughs> that I think um, I see Star Wars now uh, entering an era where it is going to influence my uh, writing more because I'm trying to get back to writing. I moved away from it a lot over the last few years, and, and that's some of my personal goals right now. And I think just I don't think I see Star Wars as just space sagas anymore where the, the aspects, the people around me made me think of that. Maybe, oh, mm-hmm. Star, I, love, oh, I love filmmaking. I love this. I love that. Oh, and I also like that Star Wars stuff. And I put them into two categories for a long time, including into the early 2010s. And now I'm able to look at, uh, they're not just space sagas. They're, they're these, uh, a way to tell a big story based around intimate emotional themes. And I think that's going to, we're entering a new era of influence on me. That makes mm. any sense, any sense. Long it journey. absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I think you're right to, to start this with it. We're very lucky that, you know, at this point, uh, Force Center is our is our part time day job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Along yeah. with uh, the other uh, creative pursuits uh, that we want. So that it, just that has been, you know, a huge, mm-hmm. huge influence. You know, I I, I talk to my dad and, and tell him about like, yeah, you know, the I, I know you only kind of know the podcast thing, dad, but it's like my dad understands it was like, it's like my part-time day mm-hmm. job. And he's like, well, that's great. I remember holding you on my lap and you watched that space movie and you wouldn't <laughs> stop talking about it. And, <laughs> and now you're still talking about it and it's working out. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's great to hear from, from my dad's perspective, who's worked very hard in his life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, my, my creative path has been both away and towards star Wars of mm. much like yours uh, and very much like uh, ostensible is describing uh, it's pulled me to and away from Star Wars. Um, I was talking, uh, I think during our, our ranked episode um, about uh, getting my visual art degree at the University of Minnesota. And that was something that that my uh, pop culture interests, particularly Star Wars, was very, very much uh, uh, less than, you know, if I had brought a come in with a painting of Luke Skywalker, that would not have gone well. Yeah, it would not have been received well. Um, and then there were parts of my theater career. I did uh, so much uh, sketch and uh, a lot of playwriting in the, the Fringe Festival, um, a lot of uh, one-person shows, a lot of uh, shows that I entirely wrote and directed, I did children's theater, dinner theater, I've written both of those, I've performed both of those, so uh, done Shakespeare, just done a lot of acting and writing in theater. And that was really weird because for the most part, Star Wars was definitely seen as lowbrow, silly, less than for a a, a large chunk of that theater career. And like you could make a very surface level joke about Darth Vader. (laughs) But if Mm -hmm. you went any deeper than that, people wouldn't know what you're talking about. But at the same time, so when I was really kind of getting going on the the theater and comedy career in this is all happening in Minneapolis, there was a time where I had two lives. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had the, the theater life and then I had the do comedy at a uh, conventions life where mm. you could make all the pop culture jokes. And I have so many great memories of doing sketches about star Wars, just lots and lots of different ones. Um, I don't need to go into uh, describing them because I've talked about them before. Um, and then uh, my brother and I started doing a late night comedy show with a bunch of friends. That was all people who generally lean towards the, the pop culture genre obsessed. We attracted an audience that, uh, that liked that. So we could 
the careers, uh, the, the, the two worlds started to blend and I could do mm-hmm. a lot of, we did a, in fact, my brother and I did a sketch about action figures, uh, that was pulled mm-hmm. from our real life where my brother and I made up narratives and we were very gentle with our action figures and we mm-hmm. didn't like it when like, uh, loud <laughs> neighbors yeah. came over the loud oh, neighbor yeah. kid who, you know, didn't care for stories and wanted to attach the small explosives to action figures and watch them <laughs> yeah. blow up. And it was, it was about that tension yeah. of like, Timmy can't come over. Yeah. Timmy's going to be really, really rough on Hoth Leia. I will not allow it, you know? <laughs> uh, and like, that was one of like the sketches that, you know, we did. And it, it started to merge where the nerd world and the theater world, now they're in, in they're utterly combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. were when I left uh, the Minneapolis comedy theater scene uh, about eight years ago now. Um, they were, had really, really merged as as genre uh, and the kind of pop culture storytelling like that became more more successful in the real world, right? And so I think somebody probably in my same experiences now might not have as much of that push-pull with Star Wars. Um, and then uh, for what I've been doing for the last several years is a ton of uh, screenwriting and pitching and Star Wars has been huge for that because Mm. obviously just in the business, in the old Hollywood business, Star Wars is very accepted. Uh, Everybody would love a new Star Wars, right? Um, It's almost expected that you're into Star Wars. I think I've told this story before where I had a a meeting uh, with an exact uh, where I was supposed to, they were like, here are all these characters we own, pitch us something. Um, Mm. And the exec just wanted, found out I was a Star Wars fan and, and we spent almost an hour talking about Star Wars. And then I was like, can I pitch the things? <laughs> and I almost got a second meeting just because the guy wanted to talk about the Rise of Skywalker trailer. So that's like a snapshot <laughs> of like the way it is in the, in, in the business for me. Um, yeah. And then uh, I think very similar to what you're saying about, about what I want to do as a creator. Um, I'm really, Star Wars is invaluable. Uh, I'm inspired by the the behind-the-scenes philosophy of it, that Lucas truly wanted to be inspired by what he loved as a child, but then put it through his own personal filter and make it his own, along with, obviously, Mm -hmm. all of his extremely wonderful collaborators. But starting from that point of, like, don't necessarily chase the trends, because that doesn't Mm -hmm. always work. Right. Instead, what do you love and how can you make it your own? So the behind the scenes truth of how Star Wars uh, came to be is invaluable. Um, and then in terms of just being in, inspired by by um, what I want to write, uh, I think you said it really well, Ken. Looking past uh, the absolutely fun, great surface of Star Wars to what's actually being talked about and what do I think about those big picture themes mm-hmm. so a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that i write is very star wars like that on the surface it's got some you know big hook and it's got some genre uh you know some kind of sci-fi or space fantasy uh or over the top kind of elements but what i always want to write about is how do we get past fear uh, mm-hmm. how do we manage to connect uh how much how, how do we balance uh, our need to be there for the group as humans, but also to value ourselves, you know, as individuals mm-hmm. and all these themes that like, Oh, I find myself interested in of, uh, they're all there in star Wars and, and all our discussion about them, um, may, really makes me think about what I want to write. That, that's an interesting point. Not that this is the direct question uh, and that you and I are, you know, in this 
think of ourselves in this position to give life lessons on writing and everything. But I, for so many years, I mean, I've written a lot of screenplays. I got close on a couple show ideas. All of it, I, I wouldn't even touch now because I, I wasn't digging in deeper. I was worried about the how and the what when writing mm-hmm. uh, and, and never really asked myself why. And, 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 and just last couple of years, I, you know, I joke, but you, you, you're so good at themes and just themes and lives and everything. And taking the Star Wars discussions that way here in Force Center has helped me see Star Wars in, in a different way, but also helped me see even Game of Thrones in a different way. Uh, other movies that I love that I've loved for years. I never spent a lot of time on the why, which mm. is why I hit a lot of roadblocks as a writer. Uh, and even as a comic where I, I believe art is communication and comedy is, is my way of talking to the world about things where before I just was like, you know, a little bit of that, but also let's work out some self-loathing and tell some jokes. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying even that's the hundred percent best path, but I'm looking forward to having start my, my love uh, and insights and, and lessons I continue to learn from Star Wars. I'm looking forward to starting to take that and, and putting it back into my writing. Uh, in a way I'd never done so and that and that's that was always there George was always George always had it there I just was living on the pew 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 side of things which is, which is also by the way a fun side to live on absolutely and so you know and I think that it, it's the power of like that of what you know the the Lucas never had that um sort of like well I would like to tell this very deep and important story mm-hmm. so I guess I'll have to have some laser swords and racing cars on top of it. You know, like <laughs> right, right. I think that's what so inspires me about it and why I go on about the tension so often is that you know the those old adventure serials like might not have been like the deepest most profound thing but what happened mm-hmm. to the people watching them was profound that they needed yeah. that thrill they needed that you know expansion of imagination of what all could be out there? And I, I, we do talk about it as a surface level, but but sometimes it's not. Like, that's, I think I love so much that Lucas said, like, that spoke to me. Something about that spoke to me. But then also all these myths speak to me. So how can I combine mm-hmm. these? And just letting yourself mm-hmm. uh, have that exploration of what speaks to me and then asking yourself why and trying to bring mm-hmm. that to the surface. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, so we could obviously go on and on. Thank you uh, for being interested in, in our lives as a, uh, as creators and uh, and fans of Star Wars, uh, and I hope uh, that anything we said uh, might be at least uh, cathartic <laughs> yeah. uh, to to the journey. But I think uh, I think that's the nature of Star Wars in a lot of genre stuff. Is there's so much inspiration to be uh, to be gained from it uh, in lots of life paths, but certainly as a creator. And then you, I think as long as Star Wars lives as popular as it is, I think we're still going to run into people who go the space movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a challenge a challenge that will always exist any final thoughts on that before we take a break uh no i just i, I, I want to get back to writing here right now i'll be right back yeah no i feel you i feel you we're gonna take a quick break uh write some screenplays and then we will be back Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And we are back to continue this episode of Cues of the Force. We're going to go now to questions from our patrons on Patreon. First up is Andrew McNabb. Uh, Andrew says, hello, hope you're happy. Something that's been on my mind more and more. Do you think Lucasfilm's secretive approach to marketing dampens the hype for forthcoming projects, thus making fans generate their own hype in the form of predictions that then leads to upset when certain things don't happen? Uh, On one hand, I like to be as unspoiled as possible and I enjoy surprises. On the other hand, I also like the hype and the buzz that's generated by an explosive media campaign with pre-release action figures and score snippets. Looking specifically at the book of Boba Fett, it's quite interesting to think about all the material that the company were sitting on. Uh, Mando, Cad Bane, Arancor, Grogu, Luke, some of which would have drawn even more attention, eyes, and subscribers to a show that is essential viewing for the Mandoverse. Why do you think 95% of it is hidden? Is it just to preserve the surprises, which streams extremely selfless? Or is it because streaming shows don't rely on opening weekends and instead play the long game? Taking Chris Hanton as an example, when he appeared, for a bunch of people, it was, yeah, cool, it's from the comics. For the vast majority, it would have been, wow, look at that huge, cool, badass-looking Chewbacca. Mm. Could that not have been used in pre-release trailers, Funko Pops, lunchboxes? Uh, Most recently, finding out that John Williams is coming back to work on Kenobi is wonderful, but it would have been really nice to have it announced in a cool and official way first, instead of reading weeks of rumors and confirmations on online entertainment news sites. Keep it in secrets, feeding the hype. What is the balance? Sorry, this question got away from me a bit. Thank you for centering the force. <laughs> These are all really great uh, uh, thoughts. There are a lot of different uh, ways to take this. I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's the kind of one big picture uh, uh, question about balancing uh, mm-hmm. the secrets and the hype, but also lots of little uh, mini questions within yeah. this uh, this wonderful <laughs> essay uh, by Andrew. And I do not mean that in any negative way. We, uh, we encourage mm-hmm. and appreciate uh, the uh, complex thoughts, the nuanced questions that we get uh, for this mm-hmm. show. So, Ken, wh- where do you want to go with this? Uh, grab a question and go where you would like. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I had some notes, but then the one of, and, and hearing you read this, I almost want to start with that last spot. And I'm going to give some Ken could get grumpy alerts. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, it's a Monday morning when we're recording. You know, I only had one cup of coffee. So bear with me, everybody here. But like with the John Williams thing, um, I would love that too. I'd love a big Star Wars commercial, YouTube, whatever, Twitter video. Guess who's back? Kenobi, uh, Kenobi theme. <laughs> back Not again. Eminem, John yeah. Williams. Um, and Williams is there. That would have been great. Um, but this is why, and 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 I don't mind the, and I think the official confirmation, we usually wait for a, a variety of Hollywood Reporter, which are actual, you know, 
that's a music uh, movie journalist job and, and they're calling and they're the, it's the old time uh, press calls. You know, I hear, Hey, I got a lead. I hear Williams is back. What do you, what do you got to say here? There's all that, but the, the other industry that's come up around it, which, you know, some might put for center in that kind of the film punditry world. I don't consider us in the movie news uh, world. Uh, we talk about Star Wars news, but we're not breaking stories Ooh, here. We're not trying yeah. to do that. Other people are. It's a living. I'm not here to toss any egg at their face, uh, like a, like I'm a you know, protester at a throwing uh, blood on fur. Here, I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. It, it is. I don't. The the scoops and stuff destroy any chance of an official Williams announcement to me. That's just my mm-hmm. opinion on it. Where yeah. we're hearing it now, mind you. Outside of Twitter, outside of the Star Wars world, you know, there's probably some fans who are like, John's back. You could you could do a commercial now and that would be exciting or do a Twitter release. But you know what I mean? That that's just so that's changed a lot of the marketing too. where without a doubt, I believe they let so many of the castings of Mando season two out and out of the bag so they could hide the Luke one as best they possibly could. Right. Like, yeah, give them some morsels. We'll hide the cookie here. I absolutely this is the case anyways i'll start there joseph i'll start there <laughs> so yeah no i think it's a it's a good place to start of yeah no i i luckily uh missed the rumors uh about uh john williams mm-hmm. uh i think i have maybe kind of curated my my personal twitter feed uh to avoid uh the the yeah. the unofficial scoops um which like yeah as, as you said i'm not criticizing anybody who that's uh their job but i don't want that i want uh you know uh, mm-hmm. Official news from Lucasfilm is my my very 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 first choice, uh, but also like established trades, you know, mm-hmm. reporting things which you know come often from the studios or from management of actors and all that kind of thing. Often uh, that like that we had that uh, this week with Christopher Lloyd, right? That's mm-hmm. not Lucasfilm not announced yet, but it's from a pretty reputable uh, source. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, ever since that great Marvel event at El Capitan where they announced uh, that they were doing Civil War and had, you know, uh, had the actors out on stage <laughs> and Robert yeah. Downey Jr. playfully uh, uh, pushing Chris Evans as Captain America. Like, yeah, I, we're doing it. Iron Man and Captain America are going to fight. Uh, it, 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 I think we've had some glimpses of that with Star Wars. The, the great um, pageantry. <laughs> And uh, just kind of show vibe, hype vibe of Kathleen Kennedy bringing out Ian McGregor and saying, are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And him saying, yes. Right. Mm. Things that that uh, really give it some pageantry. I uh, mm. Anything, anything that could be announced uh, with uh, pageantry or, or a, a show personship style mm-hmm. uh, from Lucasfilm, I would love that. Um, because yeah. I think it it gets to to what Andrew is is talking about is hype, right? Getting people yeah. truly, truly excited. It's not just the information; sometimes it's the way the information is shared. And anything Lucasfilm mm-hmm. can do to make it a fun event, so the announcement of the news is fun, as well as the news. I'm all for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and as far as like specifically to, to Book of Boba Fett, no doubt Book of Boba Fett had a different approach. We talked about that. We got some co- couple questions about that recently. Uh, I, I think of the castless. There was no like castless. We knew next to nothing what it was about. And I, I think you and I really stand on the side of the trailers told you what was coming thematically. And and uh, if, you, if you're paying attention to that, you can kind of pick it up on on what the show's going to be about, minus the details. Well, that it out is a little bit a little bit different. But I felt we didn't know a ton of Mando. I I just it, it is different. But 
we don't know all the ins and outs of the marketing conversations. It's so researched down to the day and the minute and the time social media and the marketing. It's not run by interns. That's not, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's analytics, all that kind of stuff. TV spots and trailers are not a crapshoot. So there must've been something telling them that, yeah, this is all we need to do uh, other than a why. Like it wasn't like someone was like, you know, we sh- let's make sure we don't spoil something. That's, that's part of the conversation. You know, that's not driving all of it. The times, the numbers, what's coming out on, on Disney as well, uh, Marvel side, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, to drive subscriptions. So I, there's some reason they're doing that. And I'm okay with that side of it. Cause I, I, I personally, as we know, don't want a ton of stuff out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't want a ton of stuff out there either. That is my personal um, bias as as a viewer and even as a podcaster. I would rather be teased. I would rather be titillated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd rather be like, "Ooh, ooh, this just opens the door to possibilities." Then to be informed and, and to to see a lot. And that's an opinion. Mm-hmm. I understand other people have uh, different uh, opinions. I'm not saying that is the way it should be done. I'm saying that's the way that I personally prefer it. Mm-hmm. I would rather see something in the show than in the trailers. But as this question brings up and other questions bring up, there's that question of, is that best for Star Wars? That's great that that's right. my personal preference, right. but is that best um, for Star Wars? And I think to one of the points that Andrew makes, looking at Book of Boba Fett, I think there is that question of we're so young in streaming numbers mm-hmm. and what the goal is like yeah for, for if if that if book of boba fett was a movie i bet we would have seen a lot more right because yep. there would yep. a lot been a lot more people saying like we need to account for every penny of opening weekend mm-hmm. anything you know we, we really gotta throw ourselves behind this but streaming is is young and what the act other than as many subscribers as possible yeah the exact goal of that is is still you know being being decided um so I think uh, for Book of Boba Fett, um, yeah, I, I really think that the trailers told people exactly what the heart of the show and the narrative is about. Fett isn't a hunter anymore. He wants to change the system and rule with respect, not fear. He wants to bring people together. That That is the show, right? That's what it establishes at the uh, beginning. That's what the last episode supports. Mm-hmm. But as Andrew points out, that leaves a ton on the table, you know? Um, yeah. I think maybe a clip, in particular of Din Djarin might have helped communicate what the show is, that it is truly a chapter in the Mandoverse story. And I think that's less about hype and more about clarity, right? Claire, yeah, clear, yeah, that's great. Clarity. And that would have maybe prevented people from bumping as much uh, on uh, chapter uh, five and six, right? Um, mm-hmm. My personal take on this, and I have zero, zero inside information. It's just uh, my opinion. I think that is Favreau. I think uh, the the keeping things really, really under lock and key for Book of Boba Fett of not not tipping the hand on anything. I think that Favreau has more power than uh, other people in Hollywood. I think he has um, a kind of power that not a lot of people have in Hollywood because he has had lots of successes. I think, you know, those live action adaptations of uh, Disney movies made a ton of money. So he's valuable to Disney outside of Star Wars. Um, He could probably take any project to any studio and be fine. You know, if he wanted to jump in and go, you know what, I want to go back to the MCU, he'd be fine. He has a level of, of power that not a lot of creators do i personally think that the reason that a a mandalorian book was announced and written and then pulled (laughs) Mm. 
in a visual dictionary too, right? I think he's really like, let the story be the story on screen. I think he can exert more influence uh, on the trailers than other people can just looking at his accomplishments and his flexibility within the industry. Uh, And again, this is me just having an opinion. I have zero actual, like, I don't got buried sources whispering this Mm. to me. That's just my opinion looking at his career, looking at the industry, and looking at the kind of decisions that have been made around Mandalorian. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. And, and for better or worse, J.J. probably had that kind of control over the Rise of Skywalker trailers and, and stuff that was going out. Um, you do hear those kind of tales, but I, I, it makes some sort of sense, particularly with the Book of Boba Fett, even how the, the, the end credit scene pops up, something kind of new to us at Star Wars. Um, the series, him kind of writing all of it. Uh, it seemed like they had some fun. And again, I, I think there's some research behind all that. And, 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 and I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy would, would, would fight him on anything she needed to fight him on in terms of getting it out there. It just did. I think it was a case of, when it comes to the marketing, you're damned if you, damned if you don't. If you'd showed, if you had showed Luke, that would have ignited half the, the, the fan base. It also would have uh, set the other half aflame, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this is really fascinating. We we talked about this a little bit, so uh, in a recent uh, cues of force, so I won't remix too much. But I think it's I think the Kenobi uh, promotions are really trying to frame the show of what it's going to be. Right, mm-hmm. uh, the Vader reveal could have been hidden yeah. easily, uh, but the Vader reveal is potentially controversial, and it will definitely draw more people in because it's Vader, mm-hmm. and I think unlike kind of the 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 presentation that Andrew is making of like Book of Boba Fett could have shared a lot more, right? Uh, yeah. I think with Kenobi, they're being like, don't worry, he's going to leave the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. We know we know some people will be excited that Vader's there. We'll need, some people will be uh, maybe not thrilled, but he's coming. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah. trying, I think, to get a little bit more information out there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I keep going back to, you know, Dan, if you do, Dan, if you know, it just means it's like, I, I don't, I personally don't know. And I am trying to set my personal feelings aside of scoops of not wanting to know too much these days, where in the past I didn't care. I didn't care about Revenge of the Sith. Give me the, give me all the details in the trailer. And I wasn't, it's just a lot has changed. Social media has changed the conversation, changed the speed of the conversation. And uh, sometimes to a frustrating level, obviously. So I think that, I think you're right. Streaming is still early and they're trying to figure that all out. Yeah. And I mean, in the, so, and right now social media is excited about week to week reveals, right? Even, mm-hmm. even down to, uh, you know, dropping the character posters after yes. every episode. Right. Um, so I think that is uh, a little bit of the marketing plan right now. So I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, it feels to me like Kenobi is different, like that they are trying to definitely not spill every little detail. I, I think the trailer is only the first couple episodes at most. Um, but they're also really trying to get ahead of it of like, he's getting off planet <laughs> Vader's yeah. in it. So I think it's a mix. And it's, it, the character post is a great example of, of a real clear uh, thought of after of episode, then, then we'll market what you saw in the episode. Cause that probably drives some conversations versus yeah. uh force Friday, which was, and again, those are mostly related to films, but uh, you know, it was a different approach. And yeah. We don't see a lot of the toys before. Uh, it's Lego leaks that usually <laughs> reveal plot details or ship <laughs> names and stuff like that. And so that's a clear effort of, of um, not catching up, but just like 
it contend, you know, then I don't know how I, I don't, I'm again, none of those means I don't know how much of it is about engagement. I know engagement numbers are very popular. That old Republic short uh, released recently, co-written by uh, a friend of the show, Alec Backus had amazing amounts of engagement for uh, a star Wars uh, a piece of material. And that was tracked down to, Every like, every dislike and everything. So I think the character posters is a great example. You maybe just think about it, Joseph, of we know we get longer conversations out of surprise and then let's celebrate that surprise for a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe that uh, good, bad or otherwise, I think right now a little bit of the the slow drip is going to continue because that does, I think, keep the conversation going longer. Last thing for me that I want to address in, in Andrew's uh, great thoughts here is um, – I, I do agree about, I would love some of the merch to get out faster, right? Mm-hmm. I would love if the character poster drops and then, you know, also here's your Danny Trejo is Rancor Keeper action figure. Here's your yeah. t-shirt. Here's your <laughs> yeah. Ranky the Rancor uh, lunchbox with Grogu napping on it the day after. I think that would help the hype. Uh, it's a way that Star Wars fans, again, good, bad, or otherwise, have always expressed their love is through capitalism <laughs> yeah you know through through buying things and through making these stories a, a part of our day-to-day lives and for me uh, you know it, it it is a bummer that i've pre-ordered boba fett from mm-hmm. book of boba fett action figure and have to wait months and months and months so whatever that mm-hmm. chain is that makes those decisions i'm totally with andrew i would love a little bit more merch right away yeah that I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Excellent. Any other thoughts uh, before we move on? No, no. I was going to go. Uh, yeah, there's. He mentioned the the uh, kind of curbing the speculation and everything. I don't think you'd need to do that. I think just because that's not fun. That's part of the fun is to wonder. You know, this week, what is Christopher Lloyd going to maybe do? Amanda Three. That's part of the fun. I just think it's the where that we we just can't go back on modern film punditry. Uh, uh, genie out of the bottle, so to speak. Of of just like how we discuss things sometimes is often so on the surface. It's so about speculations, so about predictions. And then you discuss how your predictions weren't wrong and, and what that meant. And, and I just think we can't change that. No, no marketing will change that. Yeah. I, I, I definitely uh, understand uh, the, the thought process of the, the more we leave unknown, the more people go, Ooh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's make up. They're not going to tell us who Christopher Lloyd is going to be. So let's make it up. Now I'm attached to my idea yeah. that I came up with Christopher Lloyd. I think that is, definitely a danger it's some of where our you know talking about speculating uh speculating uh responsibly comes from i just think that's a a challenge we all have to go on i i have to i am so excited for that kenobi show i have so many different thoughts of what it could be and when i sit down to watch them i have to like a jedi let it go you know (laughs) i and engage with the story that we're presented with it's a it's a challenge and i think it's just kind of it's one of those challenges that is in my opinion down to each one of us as fans to get really excited about your idea. Wouldn't it be cool if, and then to let it go, if that's not the answer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, speaking of answers, we're going to move on to our final question. This comes from Andrew Holmes. Andrew says, hi, Force Centurions. <laughs> mm-hmm. A bit of a fun, silly one here. In light of your recent acknowledgement of all the incredible stunt performers that have come to our attention on screen, I, for one, love Eunice on the set in the Rise of Skywalker documentary. What are your favorite stunts in Star Wars, uh, which are thrilling, incomprehensible, fun, silly, just plain hilarious? Hello, Luke Skiff Force Kick in Return of the Jedi. Keep up the fantastic work, passion, and light. May the Force be with you. Uh, and may the Force be with you, Andrew. Thank you for the kind words. Let's talk stunts. Ken, what are your what are your favorite stunt moments in Star Wars? Well, a recent one because of that, Doc. I, I loved it in the trailer. I loved it in the film. But 
seeing what went into just Ray's leap over Kylo's TIE fighter mm-hmm. was really just like an old classic kind of kind of stunt there, um, along with some modern effects indeed. But it's just it was just still pretty cool uh for me. And and then everything in that in that doc, it's all right, Eunice uh, she's just a superstar in that doc. So I love that. But my my answer, it's he mentions uh Andrew mentions the the Luke uh, skiff uh, force kick the greatest uh greatest worst kick ever on film right i would say mm-hmm. but that whole sarlacc battle was just a testament to 80s stunt magic it, it included boba fett flailing and hitting the wall and everyone jumping into the sarlacc pit even though you look back now and it's like oh some of them are doing swan dives like you know the stunt workers are but that was inspired me as a kid mm-hmm. i have told that story of uh of, of of my school playground had this big wooden slash metal monstrosity of a of a play thing that wouldn't pass any safety tests now and in fact <laughs> was pulled down a couple years after i left that school but that, that's what we would do nine times out of ten lunch recesses is reenact the sarlacc pit jumping off and everything. it just inspired so much uh, uh i'm not a stunt performer but I, I have a lot of friends out here who are stunt performers and just you know that kind of thing that kind of work um the high falls everything it's it's magic it's pure stunt magic yeah, I, I think probably within the Sarlacc is my single, you know, mm-hmm. favorite stunt that I'm most affected by is yeah. Luke's leap off, you know, the the platform, right? And mm-hmm. the, the grab and the flip, right? It, it just, I, I, I can't even begin to describe just how much that flip <laughs> uh, inspired me as a kid. I think I've talked about before getting through like long car drives by pretending Luke Skywalker's running along and hopping up. <laughs> <laughs> along the light poles and doing flips and i thought it was so so cool anytime i was bored i just looked at whatever was around like i bet luke could flip on that it, it's so good like I, I the the force kick thing i get it's a thing of its time you know you're yeah. making a film and you know uh you don't you don't know there's going to be gifts <laughs> yes yes right uh <laughs> it, it worked fine i never noticed it in the film you know as a I, oh i didn't you yeah. know especially as a kid but that Oh, I, I I looked up the stunt uh, stuntman Colin Skeeping uh, is credited as being Luke's main stunt double. I don't know if that's who did the flip, but mm. uh, man, man, uh, mm. I just I just get happy thinking of just that. <laughs> uh, so, what are some other favorite? Any other favorite stunts uh, for you? Uh, I was trying to pull just a lot of the the the, the fight choreography is 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 mm. a, a certain stunt discipline as well. So you could definitely go to. Uh, a lot of the Phantom Menace stuff, uh, yes, yes uh, you know, Maul and Kenobi, but even Revenge of the Sith, that final fight with uh, uh, Anakin and Kenobi, I mean, that's why one of the reasons I'm so excited for this rematch is just the energy they put into that and, and uh, uh, all the fight choreography there. Uh, that struck to mind. Even going back to, back to Rise of Skywalker, I don't know why, but the, the, the Pisana chase uh, where, where they all get into the sink and sand is a fun little uh, classic kind of stunt moment for me as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I think every second of anything choreographed by Nick Gillard, whether it's uh, performed yeah. by professional stunt people or the instances we know of where like uh, Ewan and Hayden, you know, trained so hard, you know, obviously Samuel Jackson's like, let me at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any anything, uh, he he's so great is a is a fight choreographer Nick Gillard, so I, I love that. Um, Ray's leap over over Kylo's uh, tie whisper. Uh, yeah, yeah. W- one of the great ones. Um, Vader's leap off the stairs in, in the carbon freezing chamber in Empire Strikes Back. How did yes. that hit you growing up, Ken? Love that one. That's a great example. I love, yeah, I love that one. It, it it's also seems painful to the shins. 
I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the type of uh, kid who liked to get air too often. Why my skateboarding look- career failed? <laughs> oh right, yeah. It, it it just looks like Vader is uh is stage diving right in the mm-hmm. like, who's going to mm-hmm. catch the Sith Lord? Yeah, love that. That's a that great one's one. great. Uh, final thing for me um uh, is. Uh, I am not a, uh, a, a professional stunt person at all, but in my uh, live performance career, particularly doing comedy, I was a big fan of pratfalls and I have done a lot of pratfalls mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some, some amount of, uh, study of the science of that. There was a, one show I did where we had, uh, it was a, a Shakespeare show and we had fight call for safety for like the sword fights. And that was a really fun to do. I, I had a, you know, a big metal sword, but I st- still tried to spin it like a lightsaber. <laughs> Just, yes, I'm course. sure not the way uh, it was <laughs> meant to be done, but yeah. I could not be stopped. Uh, they gave me a sword. I was going to try to spin it like Obi-Wan. Um, and, but there was also like slapstick in it. And uh, I started to say like, Hey, can we please also have like, slapstick call <laughs> uh because there's the like fighting it's very serious like falling down is two or ducking somebody's arm you know yeah. it's, even though it's slapstick it's it's dangerous uh yeah. so uh, all of that is to say in rise of skywalker in particular there are some great uh spills uh there's that one stormtrooper who uh falls down the stairs and then uh, finn kind of leaps over him like <laughs> he shoots I- him down he falls and leaps over him uh, that's mm-hmm. some great uh, falling down work Love that. You know what I was thinking too about Return of the Jedi speeder bike sequence. Uh, obviously, a, a favorite for a lot of different reasons for for a lot of us. But um, when Luke uh, Luke does the leap off his speeder, right? He does yes. like a big fall. Vroom, and I'm, I've always been like that had to have hurt Jedi or not. That had to hurt. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's gotta hurt. Yeah, yeah. and and you're making me laugh because the the Luke um, the, the 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 fall and the Sarlacc pit and 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 the flip over. To reenact that, whoever had the role of Luke that day in recess, you would get up on on the on the on the thing, you would jump down and then slowly climb back up the wooden plank stairs and be like, ta-da. <laughs> and that started the whole sequence here. Perfect 10. Perfect 10. <laughs> well, that is a great uh fun question. Uh thank you for all the questions. Uh Andrew, also uh, Andrew, uh ostensible and Oscar film forecast. Thank you all. Uh any other uh, thoughts on any of these questions, Ken? Uh no, I think I need to go. I think I'm going to do some return of the Jedi watching this week. Yeah. Uh even just the Jabba's Palace sequence. Great stuff. Yeah. Where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can get this podcast on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, a lot of other places. Just search and you'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you can get into our Discord. We're going to have a wonderful conversation about Star Wars, all sides of it. Uh, with uh, several Force Center friends. Uh, you can find me at Catnapsack. Go to catnapsack.com for more information, including upcoming comedy shows where let's see if I use Star Wars in it. Spoiler, I will. <laughs> uh, we are still highlighting uh, things, charities out in the world. And uh, uh, obviously, uh, with the uh, there's so many things out there in the state of the world. So find what uh, interests you, what's in your heart, and uh, with what's going on in Ukraine, uh, still very uh, uh, close to my heart as well. And one of the places you can go to support is globalgiving.org slash projects slash Ukraine crisis relief fund and help some of the people who are just being directly affected by war over there. Joseph, for you, sir. 
Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all my other stuff on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I want to continue to highlight uh, the organization Vote Forward. Uh, basically, you write personal messages to voters about why you vote and encourage them to vote, to use their power and their voice. If that is something that you'd be interested in doing or just learning more about, you can go to their website at votefwd.org. Uh, for now, for myself, for Ken, for Luke Skywalker flipping around anywhere you want to imagine. This has been Questions of the Force. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.